motherfuckers. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. It is Wednesday Night Wallop Season 4, Episode 29, the season finale. Rylan Turner here, joined as always by Kyle Joseph. Kyle, how are you, sir? I'm good. Um, I'm excited to talk about this. This is a pretty good show, let me tell you. Yes, winter has come. It came. It was it was here, and it left just now. No, it didn't. We live in Canada. Winter never really leaves. Um, with that being said, though, you're right. This was uh, this was a show, and I I think it was the perfect show. I think this is the new tradition: is winter is coming is the season finale of Wednesday Night Wallop, because it's the perfect way to exit season four and intro season five in the new year. Kyle, thoughts on season four so far? I mean, this is sort of our biggest one, as you had mentioned before. It has been interesting. It's been fun to talk about all of the, the wrestling that we've gotten to watch this year. It, it's been a good year, let me tell you that. Yeah, this was the first year where I feel like you and I, for, like, the pandemic hit our show hard. Like, whereas more pe- most people were starting podcasts and learning how to cook, me and you were having a hell of a time getting the podcast out at that time. So we've bounced back, though, and we are, like I said, exiting season four, entering season five in the new year. Uh, so with all that being said, Kyle... I think it's time that we start the show as we always start the show. And man, we've got a lot to talk about today. Yeah, it's time for a segment we like to call the Wednesday Night Roundup. It's the Wednesday Night Roundup. First, rumor has it that Sasha Banks is officially done with WWE and is expected to appear at Wrestle Kingdom 17. Yes. What are your thoughts on this? I think this is. I, I said this to you off air. I think that Mercedes is a perfect fit for that women's division in New Japan. I think if they, you want to book a big match, her and Kyrie, like that's a that's a, a must see match, especially in a New Japan setting at the Tokyo Dome. I think that's absolutely a tremendous spot for her. Um, and it, again, you've got tie-ins with AEW, uh, Soraya or Soraya. Which one is it again? <laughs> Soraya. Soraya. Going Soraya, into the new- Soraya, Soraya. Right. So Soraya needs a tag team partner in January against Britt Baker. And how apropos would it be if it was so- if it was Mercedes? I mean, that would obviously be huge. I do not expect um, them to be able to pull that off. I think that... Well, the rumor is, Kyle, that WWE and her aren't able to reach a number, and Tony Khan's got a lot of money. Yeah, but I, here's the thing. If she and WWE can't reach a number, I don't think AEW is going to pull out that number. Not to say full-time, but what about a one-off number? Maybe a one-off, but, like, that's a hard sell to the fans, man. I I, I don't disagree. I don't disagree. I just, I, I mean, again, these are all just rumors right now. Um, we will see how, what the next few weeks leads into. I'm going to try my best, uh, listeners, to get a Wrestle Kingdom show done. I know, Kyle, that that is not your, you're not a 3 a.m. Uh, wrestling watching kind of guy. So certainly, I will. I will try and find somebody to, to fill. I mean, unless you're interested. Uh, you're asking, and, and it's two days, eh? It is. You're asking a lot of me, my friend. Yes, yes. Well, again, regardless, um, I'm sure we'll talk about it post uh, Wrestle Kingdom. But and that is. TBD right now. We have a lot going right now, and and the new year is is starting even hotter for us, so it's TBD right now. That's fair. Um, We'll move along. Uh, So, it has been 
announced, and I believe confirmed at this point, William Regal has departed from AEW. He has moved back to WWE in a backstage capacity. He's not allowed to appear on WWE television until 2024, but um, was a very valuable member to the Triple H regime uh, in a backstage role previously. Was a talent scout. His son works for the company. It stands to reason this is a move that makes a fair bit of sense. Though I'm going to miss him, certainly. Uh, oh, Ryland, your thoughts? I, the, the, just him and Excalibur. The back and forth. It's, it's going to be sorely missed on that show. Um, again, I, I give all the credit in the world to Tony Khan for doing this because he didn't have to. They could have picked up the contract and they could have gone with him. And uh, given what Tony Khan had been through recently with his mother, they're a family first company, as he stated. I don't know if that's 100% true, but they are a family. That's what he that's the quote from him. And I think it's a really big move on his part to realize that he wants to go and work with his son. And ultimately, that's what every parent should be allowed that opportunity in this business if they want it. And uh, yeah, I think it's a. I mean, like you said, he was a major hand in Triple H's regi- regime. Looks like he's he's looking to have gotten a vice president um, uh, position. Um, it's not been confirmed what it is yet, but he seems to be starting in WWE the first week of January. And uh, yeah, I'm sure we're going to see this guy's fingerprints all over the workers. Like it, this is a guy who helped shape a lot of that main roster that we're seeing now that came out of NXT and. He's a tremendous guy to have in that role at the PC. I think that, again, he is absolutely what you want. And I mean, who knows? Maybe he won't even be at the PC. Maybe this vice president role is keeping him on the main roster. Maybe this is a guy who, you know, like they have even higher aspirations for. I mean, I could see Triple H feeling that way. I know that they are very close. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. Ultimately, who knows what the plan is long term. But obviously, he was a huge part of what they were doing before stands to reason they want more now and we'll see what happens yeah absolutely we'll move along um unfortunately uh, the next half of the news is, is a lot of fucking bullshit oh it's bad um we'll start with okay news uh riddle has been popped for a uh drug related um test not entirely we haven't confirmed what it is but he has been sent by WWE to rehab. Uh, essentially, this is a situation, Kyle, where apparently he was given the option. You can go to rehab or you can leave. Um, and this is not the first time he was popped. He was apparently popped right before SummerSlam, which put off the Seth Rollins match at SummerSlam. Now, to be clear, WWE no longer tests for marijuana. Right. So it is not a marijuana. Uh, it's, not mar- it's not marijuana that he got caught with. I think, you know, it stands to reason if they were still testing for marijuana, he would show up on a lot of those tests. He would be the, we, when, when the test was clear, it would be his face like going. Yeah. And <laughs> let's be honest. Um, I don't think he'd be alone. No, absolutely not. I, I think that at this point, the, the, the culture of marijuana has changed greatly in the world and WWE followed suit with that, thankfully, because I think that it, the, that is a, a way better option than taking any sort of opioids yeah. or anything for As a painkiller, pain an excellent choice. And I mean, recreationally, who gives a fuck? Oh. You, but you spent a week with me this year, Kyle. You also know that. that. <laughs> like Canada. 
This is like I I I promise you when we legalized it here, I was not an objection to that. <laughs> this was a this is a good choice. Even if, I don't partake particularly often, but like you know, for the people who use it and especially who use it medicinally, huge. Yeah, absolutely. But, but th- as we we're saying, this is not what this is. It's something else. He's going to go to rehab. Honestly, my personal feelings about Riddle aside, him being able to take some time away and then potentially come back, if he can come back and time it with Randy Orton. Well, yeah, Randy looks like he's going to be out for quite some time. So, like, you're right. This could this this would be the perfect time or that would be the perfect way to bring them both back. Yeah. So definitely, definitely something there is an option. And then he was just is going to keep going downhill. Yeah, I was about to say that. So Twitter is bad. Mm-hmm. Wrestling Twitter worse, is apparently wrestling Twitter is worse. Mia Yim is no longer on Twitter, at least temporarily. Who knows? Stands to reason. I don't know that they'll be permanent, but we will see. She had a picture with um Austin. What's his name again? Austin Theory. Austin Theory. He had a picture with Austin Theory. She had a picture with Austin Theory where uh, he was holding her up and they were both in their wrestling costumes. So Austin Theory stands to reason was shirtless, as you know, he is when he. Dude, if I look like Austin Theory, I'd always be shirtless. But like. But like. It's fucking ridiculous. I'm sorry. Shut the fuck up. Yes. Obviously, number one, we all are very aware of the relationship between Mia Yim and Keith Lee. We all, we all understand that. But for people to start speculation online about some sort of whatever uh, and, and uh, torture this poor woman, uh, this is fucking cyberbullying at its worst. This is something that we've talked about plenty of times on this show, and it is disgusting. And it's the big thing is that, like... How it's, you know, I'll say it's it's the same thing. Even, you know, my feelings about them personal or my personal feelings about, you know, Sammy Guevara kind of aside, it's the same thing as Sammy Guevara and uh, Timello. Yes. It's not your goddamn business. Yeah. Don't don't make other people's lives your business because it, to me, it just shows a complete lack of uh, personal boundaries. And, yeah, it makes you seem like the sad sack of garbage that you are. And wrestling fans already got a bad enough rap. We don't need you fucking making us seem worse. I've been to wrestling shows. I know the culture is disgusting for the most part. Um, But to that point, like, this is somebody's life. And, again, we've had to talk about very horrible stories in regards to cyberbullying and and what Twitter and and all these kind of sites like this can do. And, I I, like, this is the last thing that anyone needs in their life. Leave her the fuck alone. Yeah. If if you're not championing this woman who is a great wrestler, a great personality, Shelton Benjamin's uh, arch nemesis slash best friend, like... Well, I, I want I want me Yim versus Shelton Benjamin at WrestleMania. It's been all over Twitter. That's the positive thing about Twitter. Sometimes you get a gem, and that's been something that she's been hyping for the last few weeks. Yeah. So that being said, I want to see that, but leave her the fuck alone because that's it's, it's not your fucking business, like you said. Very much that. I'm sorry, um, I got I got a little bit much there, but oh, don't worry, I've got well next story. I'll let you talk first. Um, okay. I don't have more to say about this. Just be better. 
if you're yeah, if you're out there with you know needing to criticize somebody for taking a picture with someone else, you're you're a trash person. Um, I'll let you talk about this first because I have a lot of angry things to say about it. It appears that WWE has come to terms with the release of Mandy Rose. The details of this seem to be tied to the fact that Mandy Rose has. Um, I don't know if it's an OnlyFans or something else. She has Very some similar. Sort of, yes. Um, she has an account where she takes... Um, risque. Ex- risque and sometimes explicit photos of herself and shares them with people who are willing to pay for them. A thing that, you know, is perfectly fine for adults to do. And she got fired as a result. Uh, because WWE, I guess, it seems to be some combination of they're not okay with that type of content being done by one of their superstars, or they want to cut, or both. Uh, Rylan, go ahead and talk about this, because I have very angry things to say, and I'm going to save it. That's that's fine. Uh, I, I, I have read a few conflicting reports about this, uh, one of them being that she asked for her release, and she knew very well that she was going to drop the NXT title last night to... Um, Roxanne Perez, who, by the way, I, I don't want anyone taking anything away from Roxanne Perez's NXT title win. I think no, that, that not she's at a tra- all. absolutely tremendous worker and, and fully deserving of the title. Somebody who they grabbed her from Ring of Honor. It was a great grab by them in WWE, and they've done a phenomenal job with her. Uh, I, I, no, I, I don't want anyone taking anything away from that. And I fortunately, this hangs a black cloud over that whole match. Um, that, so there was a, a conflicting report that she asked for her release, knowing that WWE was uncomfortable with this. We don't know the, ever, all the details yet. It was just broken this morning. Uh, there's also a, a report that this was due to a partner of theirs not being a fan of such things. And because of the fact that people are assholes and when people pay for things, they post them all over Twitter. And this had become more of a uh, in the public view sort of thing that they felt like, uh, you know, they... They needed to make some sort of move on this thing. Uh, I will say the outpour of, um, you know, justice for Mandy Rose. I think that that's wonderful. However, uh, I want to talk about the other assholes who are saying that, well, if she knew that this was bugging them, then it's kind of her fault. Or if uh, she was told that she needed to stop and she didn't, well, it's kind of her fault. Or if she chose to take these photos and sell them over a career in WWE, that it's kind of her fault. Fuck you guys. Fuck you guys. Like Kyle said, this is a perfectly fine thing for an adult to decide to do. This is a perfectly fine thing for any any anyone. This none of your fucking business. It's none of your business. And it's none of WWE's business, too. I'm sorry if she feels like she wants to do this and, and she has, you know, the go get to, to go and do this, then let her do it. It's the same thing with, you know, letting superstars make money off Twitch. It's it, there's it's no different for me. It is absolutely no different for me if you want to take uh, explicit photos of yourself or if you want to play video games online with your friends. If you're making some sort of a profit off of this, it is not their fucking business. I can understand that, you know, it, it, they, they are a kid-friendly product, but I'm sorry. You have characters like The Fiend. You have Mandy Rose in, you know, gear that is slightly explicit. And there's nothing wrong with that either. 
But I'm sorry, this is her own personal decision, and it should remain her own personal decision. It should not. Her job should not be on the line for something like this. Kyle, I'll let you go. Fuck the WWE for this. Mm. Here's the thing. Let's let's start with. This is, uh, there's a few angles to this that make this gross. WWE has had no, a long history of repo- of um, marketing their athletes, particularly the women athletes. As uh, sexual icons, yes. Um, history of WWE in the you know the divas eras doing Playboy shoots mm-hmm. and the WWE talking about it on air, yeah, and making money off of that fact. Honestly, it wouldn't surprise me if they got a cut of that. I can almost guarantee you they did. They had a deal. Yeah. I believe it was part of the contracts for a while. Yeah. Now. Now the fact that Mandy Rose is taking things into her own account. The woman who you gave golden back glow to and had commentators drooling all over for years. Her entire career, um, her character for the last several years has basically been the fact that she's hot. That's what WWE has pushed her as. And she has the audacity to make something of that for herself. And you fire her over it. Um, it's ridiculous. Uh, it is another slap in the face to the idea of you know sex work is work. We, I'm going to come back to that in a minute. Yeah. But the biggest the thing about this is, or on the other angle of this, is she was making more money off of this than her WWE contract, according to reports. So, like, yeah, if that's the case, one, you probably ought to pay her more. Yeah. She's been the NXT champion and has been like a prominent fixture on that program for quite a while. And having a tremendous run, too. It's not like this is the biggest thing is this woman for the last year has commanded such uh, an awesome role on the NXT show that, yes, while we gave up on it, there were gems in that. She was the single biggest draw of NXT 2.0. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, And that's that's over guys like Breaker. That's over guys. Over like, Carmelo Hayes. Yes. Over Cameron Grimes. Over all of them. The biggest star of the 2.0 era was Mandy Rose. Absolutely. And then on top of that, and the, the final thing about this is, again, these are contract workers. They're working on a contract for you. They're not your employees. You don't give them benefits. Um, you don't give them a pension. And one, and, and, and I don't want to, I don't want to interject here, Kyle. But one thing you're, you're mentioning, you don't give them benefits or pension or anything like that. I've also heard that Triple H has cut bonuses at big shows. Yeah, like so, it, it stands to reason that she has the right to make some, you know, to take her and not even using her her wrestling name, but to you know make money off of her appearance, a thing that you know every professional athlete is able to do, yeah, and does. And it's perfectly fine that they're able to do that. And I think the biggest and most important thing is, if you want to talk about differences between America and Canada, uh, I'm not sure if this is a Canada thing or a Manitoba thing. I think it's probably both. But you can't fire somebody over work they do somewhere else. The classic explainer scenario is you can't fire a teacher who also moonlights as a stripper. Right. You're You're legally not allowed to do that with that as a justification. And this is 
like she's doing another job. She has time to do this other job. She's clearly successful at it. And you're taking money out of her and you're trying to take money, take a cut off of her for no reason when you're not responsible for her success in this regard and they're trying to bury it. And then one of your sponsors gets uppity and you fire her. And let us be clear, whether she asked for it or not, this is a firing. Yeah. Because you would have kept her on the roster and kept her wrestling and kept her holding this title if you could have gotten your slice of bacon. Like, I had high aspirations for her showing up in the Rumble this year, including the rest of Toxic Attraction, mm. and, and, and making a big, you know, debut. I figured that was the next step, and it should be the next step. They've been nothing but a great act. She's been nothing but a great performer. And my God, the, she has gotten so much better. Yeah. Like, she's taken this time out of, uh, you know, like, she was on the main roster for years, but she... she thought it about herself that she needed to go back and do something different and and make a change and she did that this is something she did to benefit your company mm-hmm. and you're and you're re- in return because you're not a fan of what how what she does outside of your company you've decided on her own that time on her yes absolutely on her own time you've decided that well you know what we're not going to keep her then because it's too much trouble for us well you know what the next story is even worse. So, like, I think you need yeah. to worry less about what your performers are doing outside and worry about well, an impending situation that you're going to have to deal with that's going to be even more uncomfortable this than this. This is the important thing, is you continue to employ rapists. Yeah. And you're upset that, that she's an OnlyFans. Ridiculous. This company is ridiculous. And I'll get to the last point, and I'll, I'll hit it first because, I, you know, um, it comes back to show. Vince McMahon is rumored to want to return to WWE, and if he shows up, I am done with this company forever. Yeah, absolutely. That, that's it. I, like, and this, I you know, I take a harsh stance or whatever it is, and I have been enjoying the WWE era of right now, and no disrespect to the performers who have been putting in fantastic work recently, and Triple H has been putting together, you know, some solid storylines, and they're delivering on what they're getting so far. Things are moving in a positive direction, and we're finally out of the toxic cloud that is Vince McMahon, and He's been away for a couple months and the idea and we're entertaining the idea of him coming back. The reality is that if Vince McMahon has the the shareholder power to bring himself back into the company, that needs to end tomorrow. The people who are involved in that company need to ensure that he is not able to return. Because, frankly, it's detrimental to the shareholders if he does. Yeah, this stock if will plummet. If you simply business. But beyond that, it is an absolute blight. He is a blight on this industry. He is a blight on this company. And any goodwill that he had earned over the course of his career has been totally and wholly erased. And obviously, the bad booking is the smallest part of that. This man is a despicable human, did monstrous things, covered it up for years, and is, has the audacity to think that a couple months vacation is enough for him to, to be able to traipse back with his arms swinging out like the fucking asshole that he is. No. If you do this WWE, you are dead as a company. 
Uh, a few things that I'm going to touch on. I 100% agree with everything you said. This is coming out the same day it's being revealed that there are two more allegations go- uh, have, that are coming out about him. Wow. One of which, one of which uh, is uh, like, so I, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about this day of, and th- there a woman has come forward and said that he had sexually assaulted her. This was in a, a tanning or tanning place of some sort and the the host of the podcast actually thought it was a different issue that has already come out that he didn't realize this was a brand new one this this woman's wife or sorry this woman's husband showed up at an arena where wwe was that night with a baseball bat wanting to talk to vince mcmahon this story never broke that's disgusting firstly because you got to know police were probably involved and the fact that this never came out this is disgusting uh number two uh you're right. The audacity of him to think that he, he it's like he's it's apparently the rumor, the, sorry, the report is that he feels like he got some bad advice from people close to him about stepping down in that, in that if he would have stayed, he would have been able to weather this storm. And that's something that we talked about when this story broke was that um, we were all very shocked that this was happening because Vince McMahon often weathers the storm of the controversies in his life. This is not it's not like these things weren't out in the open we knew that he had done these things in the past but he had always weathered the storm and this was the final straw that broke the camel's back because you had said it and you said it on our our christmas eve show that's yet to come out um uh once he dipped his hand in the shareholders money to pay these women off that should that's not only bad for business but it's just i mean not only is it morally disgusting but why, why are you putting this? Why would you even consider putting this guy? And again, I'm sure everyone within WWE at this point, I'm sure even his his son-in-law and daughter are like, oh, all right, we got to make sure this doesn't happen. And if they're not thinking that, then then that's pretty sad. I I, I can almost guarantee you that they, they are. They, they I don't think anyone within WWE know or know or wants rather. Sorry. Vince McMahon back in the fold. The, room, the locker room has been at uh, an all-time high morale. Everybody's getting an opportunity. We've seen numerous returns that made sense because they should have never been fired to begin with. And it, ultimately, this guy doesn't belong here. A 77-year-old man who's out of touch, who has no idea what the hell he's doing anymore, who was killing the product. We stopped watching WWE because it was too much. It was it was too much stupid bullshit humor. It was too much stop start pushes. The guys who we knew were championship material are not or were, were not used properly. Guys like Kevin Owens, guys like Sami Zayn, got all these tremendous performers were put in a, a corner and said and told you can't be more than what you were in NXT because I don't see you as a top level guy. And again, no shade on Roman Reigns, but we have a two-year-long Roman Reigns title run. Again, and I'm not to say anything bad about that, but like, is it necessary in 2022? All I'm going to say is simply put, this is this would be the worst decision, decision WWE could make at this point. And if he finds a way to somehow snake himself back into this company, I'm with you. I'm done with this company. I can't, can't stand idly by and watch a... A, 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 a like you said, a serial rapist come back into power over a company that he should have been long taken out of years ago. 
and drive this product back into the ground. Not to, again, ratings haven't gone up exponentially, you know, but they have been doing positive things business wise. The stock did not get affected by this guy leaving, which everyone thought was going to be the thing. Oh, Vince leaves the stock will plummet. It didn't. But I tell you one thing, Vince shows back up again. I can guarantee you that stock fucking plummets. And well, it should. People should not, the, the people who have stake in this company should not have to put up with this bullshit. I agree. Kyle, we haven't done 30 minutes of news in some time. Yeah, um, it's been a while. It's, um, let's, let's uh, wrap up the news. We're going to quickly go into the results of the night. Oh, no, 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 sir. Uh-uh, no, no, okay? Sir, it is time. For dinner before dynamite. Mm. Kyle, for the last time in 2022, what did you eat before dynamite tonight? I had Pizza Hut. Fuck yeah. Pizza. Fuck yeah. So, got that. Got another pizza. Got some cheese sticks. It's a good time. Get get ready for this one, buddy. New York strip loin covered in goat cheese, garlic butter, and a side of mashed potatoes. Wow. Cooked mid-rare. Actually, more rare than mid-rare, but delicious nonetheless. It was, it's our season finale. I got I got ready for us. All right. Well, good for you, man. All right. Well, we will move into a quick go-over of everything that took place in the, the week that was, or the night that was anyway. It is time for the Wednesday Night Run- Rundown. Death Triangle defeated the Elite in a trios match to go up 3-1 in their series. Kenny cut a promo afterwards, basically booking a the next match to be no DQ, so that they're allowed to use what well, everyone's allowed to use weapons. MJF cut an interview. Then the acclaimed made an entrance. They were promptly attacked by Jay Lethal and the the Goon Squad. And Max Caster took a guitar to the face. JAS had an interview. Jungle Boy defeated Brian Cage. We had a post-match beatdown where W. Morrissey and Lee Moriarty took out Jungle Boy, at which point Hook came to make the save. Blackpool Combat Club cut a promo backstage. House of Black defeated The Factory in a quick match. We had a title, a video package for the women's title. This being the champion Jamie Hayter and the challenger Akaru Shida. Britt Baker was interviewed backstage where she was interrupted by Sky Blue setting up a match for Rampage. Action Andretti defeated Chris Jericho. We will get to that. We had a Ricky Starks promo. Ruby Soho defeated Ty Mello. We had a Dustin Rhodes promo where he was there with Danhausen and Best Friends talking about the fact that they were going to be taking on Oh, um, The Butcher, The Blade, Trent Seven, and Kip Sabian. Trent Seven, man. Happy to see that guy in AEW. <sighs> Mixed feelings. Oh, um, wait. Yeah, yeah, I forgot. He was part of that whole thing, wasn't he? He sure was. And MJF retained his championship and his diamond ring, defeating Ricky Starks in the main event. This podcast is brought to you by Spear King. Literally. 
Our producer, RJ, has decided to branch out and brand himself, and we couldn't be more excited to hear that. If you've been with Wednesday Night Wallop from the beginning, you will hear that the production has since improved tenfold, and that's all thanks to Spear King. RJ has worked tediously to hone his production skills, from the opening song to the tidbits of music sprinkled throughout, and the editing of the podcast in its entirety. Spear King puts a royal effort into your product. I know for a fact that we wouldn't have the professional sound that we do without his efforts. So please go support our producer in all of his future endeavors, and don't be afraid to reach out about something you're interested in RJ getting his hands on. That's Spear King Co. on Facebook, at spear.king.co on Instagram and at spearkingmusic on TikTok. Spearking. Music, media, and production. Rylan, do you have any honorable mentions you'd like to get to? I thought the Ruby Soho batch was, was just great. It's good to see Ruby back. So good to see 100%. her back in action. Uh, and it's a closing to the chapter that this was started with uh, her getting injured by Sammy Guevara. Um... Uh, and, it, you know, I, I think that that's perfectly fine. She needed the win and more so than Ty Mello did, I think. Uh, so it was a I, I, I think it was good. And I, I really enjoyed that. I also had that match. It's good to see Ruby back. Agree with you 100 percent. I'm excited to see where she goes going forward. She really be starting to move into uh, title challenging territory. Um, moving on, uh, the promos between, with MJF and Ricky Starks were both very good. They, they have had a. I think this is a feud that you want put you want to put pause on right now, mm. but you don't necessarily want to just one and done it because we have different feelings about the match itself. But uh, I thought that the leading up to this match, these two killed it, and I did not watch a lot of Dynamite for most of November or December, but. I did tune into these segments, and I thought that, uh, number one, Ricky Starks is a star. Like, this man is a star. Make Mm -hmm. no mistake about it, and I'm saying this early. Uh, I'll get into the match later, but um, this guy is a a top guy. 100%. And and, and I, I... I think that this is, and I hope that this is the beginning of the ride of him getting towards that title. Or some title. Anything. Something. For me, I'm going to say that... uh, I guess I'll start. Uh, My number five, uh, because is your number one, and your number five is my number two, so we're skipping number fives, and I'll start with my number four. I want to make a point of... Rylan, does AEW have a shortage of tag teams? No. So, on top of the aforementioned Butcher and Blade, we have um, Alex Reynolds and... um, John Silver. John Silver. Man, that, that took me a while. We have the House of Black in some combination. We have the former Varsity Blondes, now the Blondes. We have uh, Private Party. We have the Gun Club. FTR. We have FTR. Well, moving up, too. We have FTR. We have the Young Bucks. We have Swerve in Our Glory. It seems to be coming to an end. But we have Jericho Appreciation Society has multiple tag teams in it. We have... um, Who else do we have? Um, Penta and and Ray Phoenix. I know they're doing the trios thing, but it stands to reason. 
there are also other people in the company who could team up and, and join into tag teams as well. So we have Sting and Darby Allen. Yeah. We do have Sting and Darby Allen. And you're telling me, out of all of those people that I have listed, the best option for Darius, yeah, the Martin brothers. Um, Top flight. Yes. Best friends. You're telling me the best option that we have. Blackpool Combat Club. I, 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 I can keep going. <laughs> the best tag team we have to challenge for the tag team titles are Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett. Didn't did they not lose a tag team match the last pay per view? They did. They did. I have a different feeling about this. Not complete. I don't disagree with you. Don't don't get me wrong. I don't disagree with you. But but I'll let you finish. My immediate problem with Jeff Jarrett's involvement in this company is that I never want to see Jeff Jarrett wrestle again. And there he was on my screen, looking old as all hell. Running Max Caster through with a guitar to the face because in you know thirty years and forty years or whatever it is he's been in this business, he's only figured out one move. I do not want to see him anymore. I am fully done with with Jeff Jarrett. He's only been here a couple weeks. There was a world where they could they could have added him to this. I would have made sense. But the thing that this they don't need that team doesn't need is more non-wrestlers. And the idea that Jeff Jarrett is the wrestler when you like Sanjay Dutt was a much better wrestler than he is. And I don't, you know, think necessarily that highly of Sanjay Dutt as a wrestler at this point. This this group is anchoring Jay Lethal down, and the fact that we almost ditched them but came right back to it is a shame. I'll agree with you there. I think that Jay Lethal doesn't need these guys, and, and he is perfectly f- capable of doing this on his own and having s- tremendous singles matches. I will say this. Until I see Jeff Jarrett go on a winning streak or or get the tag team titles, I'm not going to poo-poo his I- involvement yet. Um, I will say, and, I, and I, I, I had the same feeling about the last one. That match ended up being better than we both thought. That the sting and Darby but it was a street element. fight. It doesn't yeah. no, no, it no, doesn't I, I, count as an actual match. And the the reality is that Jeff Jarrett was still the worst of the four four by a country mile in a match that included Sting. Yeah, in the year of our Lord twenty twenty two. Yeah, um, if Jeff Jarrett is here to put guys over and to I mean because I mean whether we are fans of Jeff Jarrett or not, and I won't call myself a fan of Jeff Jarrett, and certainly you're not a fan of Jeff Jarrett. Um, if it, I still think that to some, it may mean something to get wins over guys who have names in the business. And if the if if the acclaimed are here to beat Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, number one, I wonder why we need Jay Lethal to put guys over. I think he's he's a world championship contender. That's that's how I view Jay Lethal. And maybe you disagree, but I'm sure you don't. I, like, I don't disagree. Um, but. Like it, it, Jeff, if Jeff Jarrett's sole use in this company is to be the guy who young guys get a win over, and he's got a name, and he does whatever he does backstage, and and whatever, I, there's no shying away from the guy, the fact that this guy has a lot of history in this business, and does. I mean, whether we want to crap all over TNA, the demise of TNA was I not will. was what's that? I will. Okay, the demise of TNA was not a Jeff Jarrett 
problem. Jeff Jarrett was sure. long removed from that company by that point. But the big point, I, point, my big point about this is Jeff Jarrett was a mid-card talent his entire career. Um, he was elevated by the fact that WCW was running out of people, and Booker T was able to carry him to some okay matches. Yeah, no, I... Um, he was a world champion because he booked himself as one. Yeah. Oh, I don't disagree with you there. And, and Jeff, the idea that Jeff Jarrett is a name, there are so many better names in this company. Sure, but that we're are not we're still not. active wrestlers. <laughs> sure, I don't disagree. I have no either. problem with Jeff Jarrett working backstage and doing whatever he does. He has a lot of experience in this business. He has run a, however I feel about it, successful wrestling company in the past. And has, you know, had success in this business and is clearly sought after if he was, you know, back and forth between WWE and AEW. Now, the question is going to be if he's going to wear out his welcome again. But for now, it seems that there aren't any problems. Sure. The big thing about this is there's so much more talent that are going... And even the even bigger thing about this is as good as... The acclaimed are. Uh, and as talented as they are, particularly in ring, it is important to remember that the acclaimed are young still. Yes. And asking them to have to do the lion's share of the work rate in a match, especially in a tag division that has such high expectations for match quality, is asking a lot. And the reality is, there are innumerable teams, or there are, you know, almost countless teams, many of which I've already mentioned, who for whom that would not be the case. They would be working with more experienced hands or people who can keep up with them and have a high-octane match. That's not Jeff Jarrett. And the reality is, is that whatever I felt about the that that match, um, which, I, again, I thought oh, it, was, it wasn't, like... God's Gift to Wrestling, but it was a solid match. Right. The street fight. It was still a street fight. And, you know, I'll say the um, dumpster match. Man, if we're thinking back to how far the acclaimed have come. Between the acclaimed and the gun club. It was also a tremendous match. It was a good match, but it was a dumpster match. Sure. It was carried by the... the it, was aided by its stipulation the same way that and it's the same thing like Satnam Singh's involvement in that street fight was ele- elevated by the fact that it was a street fight and the fact that Darby Allen sold his offense like he was being shot uh, the big thing about this is that this group was supposed to be the vehicle to allow Satnam Singh to wrestle what has become very clear is that he can't really do that no disrespect to the guy, but I feel like we've hidden him to this point for that reason. Right. I mean, maybe he, Jeff Jarrett's the guy, one of the guys they brought in. They're like, oh, Jay, Jay Lethal's having a hard time with this guy trying to train him how to wrestle. This is not an AJ almost situation. Yeah. Um, uh, and, maybe we need to call in the cowboy. Sure. And maybe that's that's the direction they can do with that. But in the meantime, it shouldn't be Jeff Jarrett. Like, here's a, here's an idea. What what if maybe this is a program to like? We talked about they teased the breakup, right? We talked about, but maybe this is an even more reason for him to break up with the group. Is he takes a few losses with Jarrett by his side, and suddenly him and Jarrett are at odds with each other, and he leaves the group. 
I, all I'm saying is we have put ourselves in a situation where we have said that FTR can't get a title match. They got to earn their way to a title match. Well, they are getting a title match. Or no, they had a title. I believe they got a title match. Yeah, they, they did have a title match. But I'm saying those guys, they didn't initially get a title match. They had to earn their way to one Yeah, against Swerve and Our Glory, which they lost. They got the title match eventually, but they're FTR. They should be able to walk in and get a title match. How are Jay Lethal and Jeff Jarrett, who just lost a tag match, able to walk in and get a tag match? Like, I could talk about this forever, but again, I just, I'm so done with the idea that Jeff Jarrett is still a wrestler. He's not. He's fine as a talker. He could be a decent manager for some heel who wasn't Jay Lethal. The fit just doesn't make sense. Whatever. I just don't think this is going to, I don't think this is working, and I would like it to be over. <laughs> My number four, Kyle. <laughs> We're still on number four. Um... Hook and Jungle Boy. I'm intrigued by this, but when we're going to talk more about the tag teams, is I I don't want this to lead into a full-time tag team. I like Hook by himself. I like Jungle Boy by himself. And you, you had said that you didn't think this, this was necessarily leading towards um, a, a new formed tag team. But like, just for me, it just it doesn't need to be. The, both these guys are fine by themselves. Hook does his Taz-style matches, and they're successful. The people love him for it. Um, and Jungle Boy just got out of a program where he broke up with his tag team partner. Like, we don't need him back in a tag team. So, like, again, I'm intrigued to see what this is. And you know what I ultimately hope is that we get a match between Hook and Jungle Boy down the road. Just that it doesn't have to be a heel babyface match. It could just be a two baby faces having a match for the sake of having a match. I'm fine with this uh, if they want to have them as a loose alliance. I'm even fine with them ultimately being a tag team or something like that, but there needs to be a direction and I feel like Jungle Boy's direction should probably be titles of a title of some kind. The TNT Championship is, seems like not a bad one for him to chase after. I know that we're still doing Haas is there and I wouldn't be opposed to Luchasaurus chasing after that championship either, but right now the idea is Jungle Boy as a singles wrestler built him up. If you want to have Hook there to watch his back, I'm cool with that. And I'm cool with Hook doing whatever he does defending his title too, and if, if you want to have those guys just sort of like we'll look out for each other, I think that's cool. Certainly. Our Both our number threes come up later. Yes. On the show. Um, so we'll move on to number twos. Uh, my number two is your number five, and it's the return of House's Bla- House of Black. I thought the entrance was... You, know, you were you were particularly high on the entrance. I thought the entrance was excellent. Yeah, absolutely. This, this was... Uh, I, it, again, it's good to see them back. I, I just... The only thing is, is why the factory... Why do we? I mean, sure, we get, we need guys to feed them to, but uh, I just I don't know, man. Every time I see QT Marshall on my TV, I'm just like, ah. the factory is a squash group. Um, I don't think they want to squash the Trustbusters yet, and there's and whatever that group that Peter Avalon was a part of that I can't even remember the name of the, the what were they the uh, not the best men but the. I don't know, something in, in that, you know, sure. realm. Um, I don't even know if that's still going. So, to be honest, like, I have no problem. Like, the Factory have been the squash group for a while. I have no, really, no real problem with them being that. Um, 
And I thought they sold really well for House of Black. This beatdown was excellent. I thought Julia Hart spraying the mist was awesome. And God, Black Mass is still the best finisher in the world. Yeah, it's, it's great. It's great to see him hit it. It's great to see the group back on TV. And with all the rumors that were going around about his potential departure and, and whatnot, I just I'm happy to see him, you know, wrestling on television and I'm hoping that this, you know what I would really love to see after this is all over and done with? The Elite versus the House of Black. I think the big thing is whenever that trios thing is over, I think the House of Black should come out and just beat down whoever's there. Yeah, I agree. Whoever wins it, I think they should just come out and beat the life out of them and take those titles from them. I think, I, I don't mind the Elite being part of the chase, to be honest. Yeah, I, or, I, or the Young Bucks moving over to wrestle um, for the tag titles. Yeah, I don't think the elite as a is a it's fine as a trio, but like you can come back and forth to it. You don't need to constantly have it. Yeah, I also think the Carry On My Wayward Son should be the Young Bucks entrance theme as well. <laughs> I I didn't realize until I watched the match tonight, but man, how over is that song? I mean, it's it's a great it's a great chanting you, song. You obviously never played Rock Band. As, I, I, I uh, did as a kid. I did. I definitely did. I I I've heard that song to death. It's, it's a great song. You can't hear it to death. It's a great song. Um, anyway, you're, uh, you're, you're, my number three is your number two. I'm so excited to talk about this. Uh, well, my... Yes. Uh, is, is, that is uh, the uh, Elite versus the Death Triangle. No. Uh, you're number two. Oh, sorry. My number two. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Action Andrade. Action Andrade, my man. He got the one, two, three kid pop. He did. And it it works. It still works. Jericho doing this for this kid. Uh, couldn't say more about that. And you know what's funny is we, we have, we've been on a podcast where we had to hear how terrible Chris Jericho was for almost two hours. And pers- personal life aside, uh, this mm. guy put over a virtual nobody. And I don't mean that in any way, shape, or form to throw any shade at young action. Um, but... This kid, I didn't know who he was. Did you? No. And they had a fun match. You know, Jericho. Yeah, I don't I don't follow the Indies even as well as I used to. And and, and you know what? Like Jericho it doesn't need it. He doesn't need to beat some kid off the Indies when this kid is now who by the way we can officially announce is all elite which is yep. great i think but but that being said i think this guy would be better fit for ring of honor right now sure unless you've got a plan for him i think that ring of honor might be the perfect spot to kind of put this guy in especially with all the ring of honor stuff that's come out recently we need guys who can work and i'm not and, and like while i feel like we didn't get the full version of this kid uh we got enough where i'm like i'm excited to see and again, the idea that we can do this, you know, indie star or this indie kid come in and beat Chris Jericho and have it work to the, you know, degree that it did. I think that says a lot about um, like, uh, and I'm going to talk about this again later. Um, I think that there's something to be said about how sometimes if it um, an old school perspective sometimes works. He, by the way, is the current uh, Maryland Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion. Um, appearing all over the Indies, he's been on GCW, he's been on CZW recently. Um, his last match on AEW was a dark match where he lost to QT Marshall. Whew. Whew, that's a comeback. So, 
Yeah, to, to go from that to an episode of Dark losing to Cutie Marshall to beating Chris Jericho was pretty awesome. This is a great showing for him. I thought he wrestled really well. I thought he, uh, you know, he provided a lot of... Uh, he's got clearly a, a high-flying style. Uh, looking forward to seeing him in future matches with some other flyers in this company. And obviously, you know, the Chris Jericho tantrum after was amazing, too. This whole situation was just really cool, and the best part was the crowd just got so behind him. Oh yeah, oh yeah, this was uh, once tremendous. they realized this was a possibility, they were hyped for it, and they they cheered it every every uh, pinfall attempt. They were cheering like mad. So um, yeah, this was this was a lot of fun, and it was my number three and your number two. Right. So it's time for our number ones. Uh, your uh, my number one, your number three is the trios match. This was a tremendous match. Yeah, they the, all, I mean, they all have been. Yeah, the story has been really good. Uh, Nick Jackson sort of getting taken away. Much like how much of that was story versus reality. I feel like given that he came back and everything, that it was clearly more story than anything. And the hammer being used against him on the leg. It was a great use of the hammer. It was a great way to continue this this feud in the way that they did. And I think the post match where Kenny talked to, or had made the next one no DQ is an excellent way to keep this fresh. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll give this company full credit for making these matches continue to be interesting over and over. Like the talent in the ring obviously is clear. But this was a more grounded match than I think we're used to seeing for these teams. Got a lot of uh, some some of the classic offense, but a lot of interesting um, more because Nick Jackson, who was kind of the you know the quintessential flyer for um, the elite, was out of the match. We got a lot more Kenny Omega. We got a lot more Matt Jackson. It was a lot more of a grounded match as a result, and it was really good. Um, I gotta say. Pac with the nose, the nose mask, it works for me. It's terrifying. I've never seen a guy who's obviously suffering from a terrible injury that terrifies me more than Pac. And yeah, it, it worked. This is the year of the nose mask, man. It worked yeah. for Sheamus, and uh, it's working for Pac. Yeah, absolutely. You're number one, sir. MJF and Ricky Starks. That was also your number five. I thought this match was good. But I do have a thought about this, and I don't want to. I'll let you talk about this because it is your number one. But especially when we got to the end, what I could not help but think as this match was ending was we really missed an opportunity of MJF as a face. And I said when they did that that there was going to it's going to be a point of no return where you're not going to be able to push MJF as a face. And the reality is. The crowd isn't mixed on him anymore, especially with how hype Ricky Starks was. Yeah. It was very clear they wanted, they like, I don't think they necessarily thought Ricky was going to win, but I think that was something that they were certainly hoping for. Um, I do hope Ricky continues to get pushed highly, and I think he will. I think the showing was very good. It's just, to me, I was a little soured on the way the match ended. Uh, to not have a definitive winner, I know we're trying to keep Ricky Stark strong, but I don't know that we necessarily need to do that in a world championship match. Like him being pinned or tapped out by the world champion doesn't really change anything. And the reality is that I don't think we can do another year or a year 
of this type of finish to a match, to matches. I, I agree with you there. I, I'm not going to take away that because you're, you're right. I, I, MJF doesn't need to be doing this nefarious thing every time. So he does need to win. Yes, he does. He does need to win and, and win strong um, because he because at the end of the day, whether he cheated or not, at the end of that um, uh, John Moxley match, it was a tremendous match. Yes, it was. And he had a tremendous showing. Um, but no, he doesn't need to do this every time. I I, I think this is definitely them trying to keep Starks. Uh, away from being pinned or submitted. Um, with all that being said, though, I thought that, again, this comes back to what I said earlier. Uh, I think sometimes when you you don't... like You know me, Kyle. You know me well enough to know that I love a high-flying, uh, this-generation-style match with the guys like the Young Bucks and guys like the, the Lucha Bros and, and Pac and Omega. I love that shit. That's, that's why I still love wrestling. Is because I've watched the evolution of wrestling, and honestly, I do have a hard time going back sometimes and watching what wrestling used to be, because it it's completely different. But sometimes it works, and this was lightning in a bottle, man. This is one of those nights where this crowd knew they weren't getting a Young Bucks match, they weren't getting a Kenny Omega match, they weren't they were getting an MJF versus Ricky Starks. It was going to be very like early '90s, late '80s style, but they popped for all the spots, the spear. The, ba- the the power bomb into onto MJF's knee, uh, it it all of the offense looked amazing. I think both these guys are just the the fucking these guys are the tits, man. Like they're great, they're great. Um, and I don't know, like I I was really just captured by this match. It it it, it certainly is, it's not it's not a match of the year quality match or anything like that. But it's it was a great showing for Ricky Starks and. MJF, like, I agree with you that I, I feel like the babyface run would have been a better alternative to what they're doing now. And it does kind of feel like we'll never know. But I also have to, you know, say that I, I think that part of that, maybe the MJF doesn't want to do it. I think he looks at, I mean, look at all the times in history that somebody's made a dramatic turn. When Steve Austin went heel and joined Vince McMahon. Vince or Steve to this day says that in if he could go back in time, he would have he would have punched Vince or stunned Vince and just continued to play the character because, well, he did have some fun in that time. Um, he felt like he wasn't being his true self. And maybe that's how MJF feels like I, I, I think that when, when you have like, don't get me wrong, I think MJF is a different sort of star and obviously a different character. Um and he was doing so well as a babyface when they were starting to, you know, tease us with that eventual big turn. Um, that being said, though, best heel in the business right now, um, and a guy who I think has had a star-making year, and he's one of my top contenders for male wrestler of the year. All right, uh, I think it's time to get to the end of the show. I'm gonna do uh, my uh, I'm gonna do my best impression of Excalibur right now. Okay, so here I go. All right, Wednesday to Walp listeners, if you are having a great holiday season and you want to hear some great holiday podcasts, this is what we got coming out for you. Uh, just last week, myself and Mick Holly dropped our Ring of Honor final battle review. Go ahead and check that out; it's really good. Uh, Kyle and I just recently sat down with Nate Milton to for Ryland's Morning Sports Report to talk about the biggest news stories of the sports year and the pro wrestling year. We got some pro wrestling in with Nate. That's dropping Christmas Eve. Kyle, that was a great show. 
It was. It was really. It's always great to talk to Nate. He's he's uh, an amazing, uh, amazing person to have on, and uh, very and always very insightful. Absolutely. Uh, you guys took me to. Uh, to task over Prince so hard. I can't wait for people to hear that. I feel like every time the three of us get together, there's uh, there's a moment where I'm like, yeah, all right, I'm going to make my point. And both of you just sit there and shake your head at me. Like, uh, With all that being said, we also have our Christmas Day show coming out, which is a uh, top five w- or wrestling video game. Um, and uh, wrestling video games, uh, in our you know opinions, and a top ten wrestlers in those video games. Uh, that was a super fun show to do as well, Kyle. Uh, that will drop Christmas Day. Jaeger's Eve is coming. Jaeger's Eve is coming. We've we've got the big uh, world's funniest podcast episode, uh, Jaeger's Eve three, where myself, Kyle, DK, uh, d- apparently um, to be determined, RJ and Gobi. But uh, it may just be the three of us, Kyle. But it, even though, or even with all that. Are you excited, sir? Uh, I'll get there. Yeah, yeah, we know you will. We know you will. Um, and, of course, uh, December 31st, New Year's Eve, as it does every year, Kyle and I will have our Wednesday Night Wallop Awards, where we are going to go back and look at the year in review and do a, uh, we have our categories and uh, the best and the worst of 2022. Kyle, are you excited about this, sir? Uh, I am. I'm looking forward to it. I, I have not started working on the list yet and i'm gonna have to do that soon yes i'm i'm with you on that uh also uh, kyle and i are dropping a wednesday night rewind sometime in between all of this crazy uh holiday fun uh where we went back in time to look at nxt brooklyn one kyle that was also a fun review oh it's good to it's good to go back and it was an interesting show to review yeah, uh, there were that there was there was a lot to talk about on that show. Kyle, I, I did not do it as fast as Excalibur did it, but why don't you tell the fine folks who listen to this podcast where they can find our social media? Uh, at WM Wallop on Twitter, WM Wallop on Instagram, search Wednesday Night Wallop on Facebook, find Rylan my name, that's that's us. If you want to find me on Twitter, it is at LaRegendaryKJ. That is L-E-R-E-G-E-N-D-A-R-Y-K-J, Rylan you want to find me on twitter it's at r-y-a-m sport report kyle sir send the people home happy actually before you do that uh thank you everybody for listening this season this has been really the best biggest and best season of wednesday night wallop kyle thank you so much for being my uh my co-partner here in this venture uh i've had a great year with you obviously we got to see each other in person which was a really big deal for me so um with all that being said kyle why don't you uh send the people home happy Thank you so much for listening all the way to the end. We appreciate each and every one of you, and you have been walloped. You have been listening to a Wallop Media podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Wallop Media. The hosts of our shows are Rylan, Kyle, and DK. You can find Rylan on Twitter at Rylan Wallop and Kyle on Twitter at Kyle Wallop. Production is by RJ Spearin. You can find his work at facebook.com slash spearkingco. Logo designs are by Maisie Mulder. You can find her work on her website, maisiemulderdesigns.com. Our podcasts are hosted by Acast. You can listen to them on the podcast catcher of your choice or on our website, shows.acast.com slash wallopmedia.